you sang some very dangerous words this morning. Let me walk upon the waters. And you do know that God can challenge you in anything you say and sing, don't you? Otherwise, we're just clanging cymbals. But the words that we say, the words that we sing, God can challenge you and say, really? You want to do that? Well, come on then, let's go on that journey together. So um, it's going to be an interesting morning. By the way, um, as we were praying, I had a word. If somebody is suffering from diverticulitis or somebody in your family is, can you come and see me at the end? I just want to pray for you. Believe God wants to heal. Um, so if that's you or you know somebody in your family, please come and share it. I'm only here this morning because my dad survived the Second World War. Um, he fought in it, and I'm grateful he survived, and uh, very aware of those who didn't. At the age of 63, he got a letter from the government saying his pension was about to start. And we said, Dad, what is this? And he looked a bit cheap. He said, well, actually, um, when they were enlisting, I was only 16, but I went and I wanted to sign up, and I told them I was 16, and they literally said to him, well, just go and walk around the block and come back when you're 18. <laughs> so he walked around the block, went in, said, how old are you? I'm 18. <laughs> and he enlisted. True story. So at the age of 63, he could have started his pension. He had to contact them and say, actually, no, um, you've got this wrong. So um, it's interesting. We're starting a new series on uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We are meant to be, I think in our title, a Word and Spirit Church. Just let that sink in for a minute. That's what we are meant to be. A Word and Spirit Church. You ask most people in the country, they say we're words only. But hey, um, I don't know whether you know, but every week the staff of the church get together on Wednesday morning. We have two hours together, and we start off with 30 minutes of devotion. And um, a couple of months ago, Sharon Blair was leading us in a time of devotion, and she took us through an exercise from, a, I think, a 17th century French lady, in which she said, find a bit of space and open scripture, and instead of rushing through, just read the word slowly and let God speak to you through it. So I went and sat down. I was reading the book of Ephesians at the time. So I turned to my reading, Ephesians chapter 5, beginning verse 1, and I never got past the first five words. I was stuck there for the whole 15 minutes of this exercise, and these words were rattling around my head, challenging me, doing all sorts of things. And these are the five words. Therefore, be imitators of God. Have you got that up in the scripture? Those are the five words that I read, and they went round my head like you would not believe. I can imitate God. Paul, what are you saying? And of course, he says, therefore, and you have to go back to chapter 4 and read about um, walking in a, in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And I want to say something before we start this new series. You will not fulfill your calling and your purpose unless you are daily being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to challenge you with that this morning before I start. Paul just doesn't say it once. 
He says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, join in imitating me. When I first read that as young Chris, I thought, what an arrogant pup, Paul. How can you challenge us? Say, copy me. I said, how arrogant of you to say that. And then in chapter 4, the things you've seen in me, heard and received from me, copy. And Paul was throwing out a challenge to say, you've seen how I live, now you do the same. And I thought, wow. And then, of course, I read Paul's life, how he was imprisoned, he was beaten up, how he saw miracles happening. Yeah, okay, I'll try and copy that. And then I want to take, before we really look at the gifts, to what Jesus told us. And in John chapter 14, he says this, Whoever believes in me will also do what I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Let those words rattle around your mind for a minute. Do what I do. Now, what did Jesus do? Ah, he healed the sick, cured the lame, cast out demons, raised the dead. And then he says, you do those things. Do we see that in church today? What's greater than raising the dead? Um, while Trish and I were in Greece, planting a church for years ago, um, one of the first converts was a girl called Nikki. When, when you go into a, into a new area and you don't know anybody, and we were literally, Trish, me, and, and our one friend and her dog, there's the four of us, um, we look for people of peace. We look for people that come towards us and, and, and offer us support and help. And, and Nikki was one of those ladies. She was working in the bank. And when we went to try and, and open a bank account in Greece, what a, what a trial that is. She was there and she helped walk us through every step. Of course, it was in Greek, so she was helping us. And um, she was a real person of peace. And Trish and I went and just prayed for her, but I prayed for her. Six months later, we were in a restaurant and, and Nikki turned up and saw us and waved and came in. And she sat down with us and said, oh, um, you, you told me that you're Christians and you started a church. Well, my life's a bit of a mess and, and I've looked at every religion, I've studied them all and, and finally now I'm looking at Christianity. Can you help me? And we were able to explain to her about Jesus, about the church, and she became a Christian and uh, joined our community. And a couple of months later, she came to Trish, says, Trish, um, a friend of mine asked me to go and pray for her. Now, before she was a Christian, Nikki was uh, practicing um, a thing called Reiki, which is a, a false religion. And her friend knew that she did this, and she was quite high up in, in the, the levels of Reiki. And she thought she was gonna come in and do a session on Reiki with her. But Nick instead went and said, I, I don't do that anymore. Instead, now I, I pray in the name of Jesus. So this friend of her says, yeah, okay, looking at her a bit strangely. She prayed for her, her knee. She's about to go in and have a, an operation. And at the end of the prayer, this woman got up, danced around the room, and was totally out of pain. She went to the hospital, and the hospital um, couldn't believe that this was the person they were about to operate on, so they x-rayed her knee again and discovered there's nothing wrong with it. 
And we love the fact Nikki gave back to us, I copied what you told me to do, Trish. Who are you learning from? Who is teaching you the things that we are called to do? Look what Jesus said in John chapter 16. The disciples, they were a bit stupid, the disciples. They kept getting things wrong. They kept getting the wrong attitudes and, and misunderstanding Jesus. And he gathered them together because he's about to, to die. He's about to go to Jerusalem and be killed. And he calls them together. And he, and he tells them he's about to leave them. And of course, the disciples are thinking, no, 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 Jesus, you're the main guy. You're the king. You're doing all this work. We're just, you know, we're just happy to be tagged along behind and get all the glory. But you're the guy doing the work. And he says this to them. For very truly, in the authorized, it says, truly, truly, I say unto you. And Jesus always spoke the truth. So whenever he says, truly, truly, he's emphasizing something very important. He's saying something which is so true, he wants them to understand it. He says, it's, it's for your good I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. He goes on. About sin because people don't believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said, the Spirit will receive from me, and he will make known to you. The day of Pentecost is not a day in our annual calendar. It's a day that life changed. It's a day when people's walk changed or should have changed. We are to be daily filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, I will guide you. I will lead you into everything. He will give us his power, his strength. He will give us the supernatural. It's meant to be. All that belongs to the Father is mine. Well, what does belong to the Father? Healings. Miracles. Salvation. The supernatural lifestyle, walking on water, that all belongs to the Father and He's giving it to us. I've brought along my comforter. There's, um, you all know the Bayer Tapestry. Well, there's a scene in the Bayer Tapestry where um, William's cavalry have been defeated by Harold's cavalry. And the reason is because Harold's cavalry were up on a hill, they had the advantage. 
and, and the Williams cavalry tried to attack them and failed, and they were retreating. And Bishop Odo from Bayer, um, he carried a rod with him. Bishops were not allowed to carry swords, they weren't allowed to spill blood, so he carried a rod. And in this tapestry scene, he is seen beating the rumps of the horses, telling them to turn round and get back into the battle. And above this scene, there are the words, Odo comforts the soldiers. <laughs> Psalm 23, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and staff of a shepherd was to grab hold of them, turn sheep around, push them in a direction. And so I've got my comforter with me today, just to encourage you. Comfort doesn't mean to wrap a blanket around you and go, ah, oh, poor you. It's to say, poor you, now let's get back on your feet, dust you down, get back into the battle. Come on, let's do it together. We're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit over the next three weeks. In two weeks' time, Sean is going to come and speak on the revelatory gifts. Prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning between spirits. That's his quiet little theme he's got. I remember years ago, um, we were in Lincoln, and um, at the end of a meeting, we were praying for folks who, who needed prayer. And this guy came up to me, and he says, oh, will you pray for me? And I said, yeah. What do you want me to pray for? He says, I says, I suffer from terrible eczema. Will you pray for me, please? And I've had it since I was a boy. Now, we were praying in pairs, thankfully, and my partner was praying, and I was able to stop and say, okay, Lord, what's going on here? What's the key to all this? And have, you, have any of you seen the film Kez, the black and white film Kez? It's, it's a, an old film where Billy is a bit of a rascal and his, um, his life in school, and there's a scene about a PE teacher and this PE teacher doesn't care less about the kids. He wants to be Bobby Charlton, and he's there, and he gets all the kids out in this cold, wintry day, lines them up, and he picks another boy up, and they start picking the two teams. And he takes the first pick. He takes the best boy. Then um, the other lad picks somebody, and, and so they go down the line until Billy is left at the end, shivering in the shorts too big for him, hating being there, and this was the picture I got. That's why I says the guy we're praying for. I said, listen, this is a picture I've got. Does this make any sense to you? And he says, yeah, I was that boy. I, I hated PE because I was never, ever chosen. I was always the last one. That, that, was, that was me, he goes. And, and I'm an ex-PE teacher, and I hate it when kids say they, they hate PE. We've, we've failed them if that happens. But um, I said, well, great. Do you mind if I pray into this before we go on? So I prayed about rejection and, and feeling worthless and, and useless and, and, and all the rest of it. And so we finished. The next day he rang me up and says, guess what? My eczema's all disappeared. I thought, get me my white suit. That's me. I'm going to be the great healer. Come on. A week later, he brought his son to me and said, will you pray for my son? Because he's also got eczema. I said, no problem, leave it to me. <laughs> I prayed everything. I prayed about familiar spirits. I prayed uh, 
sins of the generation been passed. I prayed everything, nothing. I prayed until I had nothing left to pray, and this kid, nothing was touching it. In the end, I said, and I escaped by saying, well, it's obviously not the right time, but you know, God knows, so I excused myself. Six months later, his dad rang me up again. I said, Mal, guess what? My son's been healed. He said, tell me, what, what went on? He said, he went to a youth meeting, a big Bible uh, group, and um, the guy up on stage was, was giving words of knowledge out and uh, said, there's somebody here um, and you're suffering from allergies, food allergies, especially milk. Believe God wants to heal you. This kid, first hand up. Goes to the front and gets healed. And he's telling me this, and of course, I'm so excited for him and thrilled. And inside, I was angry and annoyed to say, Lord, why did I miss this? Why didn't I get that word? Why should somebody else do it? And I was having a real battle inside. And God said, well, you didn't listen to me. And I looked and said, no, you're right. I thought I could do it myself, and I failed. But the boy was healed was the most important thing. And it taught me a lesson that we need to be people who are listening to the Spirit of God in your daily walk with Jesus. He wants to guide you and lead you and lead you into all truth. So Sean's going to come and speak about the revelatory gifts. Then Katie's going to come and speak on praying and uh, praying in tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and to explain how that is relevant to us today, though it's caused more controversy than any other. And then Tim is going to speak on the faith gifts, faith, healing, miracles. And what we've realized is that um, there seems to be a divide that's been caused between the congregation and the clergy. The congregation tend to sit there and say, well, you're the paid guys, you should do it, get on with it. You're the ones who, you know, God's called you into the, into the ministry, you do it. And where are you thinking, no, you guys should be doing it. We're meant to empower you guys to do it and encourage you and equip you to do it. And the truth is, we are meant to be doing this work together. We're all in it. The gifts are not the exclusive domain of the clergy. They are for you and for you to grow into and unwrap. Christmas is coming. And as a kid, you get so excited waiting for Christmas morning. And we'd be up five o'clock in the morning and um, we weren't allowed to open our presents. Dad had come back from, from uh, milking cows. My dad was a farmer, so I was brought up in rural Wales. He, he worked on different farms. And so I've got a very simple theology because of that. And this is my theology. What are you filled with? Or what should you be filled with every day? The Holy Spirit. What are the gifts we're talking about? Whose gifts are they? Whose gifts? The gifts of the Holy Spirit. So they're his gifts, and he is within you. So where are the gifts? My simple theology here. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit and they're his gifts, where are the gifts? 
in you. For most of us, it's like we leave the presents under the Christmas tree unopened. As a kid, I couldn't wait to unwrap those presents. Wait for our dad to come in, have his breakfast, and, oh, dad, you take it, come on, we want to get our presents opened. And most of us think that the gifts are not for us, they're for somebody else. But Peter says, each one of you is given gifts. Let that sink in for a minute. You have been given gifts. The secret is learning how to use them unwrapping them and using them. We hope over the next few weeks to unwrap this and to empower and encourage you to become supernatural, to become people of the Holy Spirit, people who listen to him and will follow and do what he asks you to do. And that is challenging. Um, When we were early in the ministry, we were sat under the ministry of a guy called Ken McGreevy, a brilliant Bible teacher, and used to have little sayings he'd he'd bring out, and um, we used to love these sayings. And this is one he brought out, which has never left me. He says this, revelation without demonstration leads to frustration. Revelation, revealing of God's word, without demonstration leads to frustration. He he loved these little sayings. But it struck home with me that are we just a body of people that listen and do nothing else? We hear the revelation week in and week out of God's word, but we don't see it demonstrated. If so, then we need to just stop and think, what are we about as a church? We are meant to be seeing the Holy Spirit moving in each one of our lives and empowering you to change other people's lives. It's for service. It's to serve the people, to serve the body. Trish and I, we are meeting with a bunch of young uh, adults, teenagers 16 to 18, who don't come to church. They don't come, they tell us, because they're bored. They're bored of sitting and listening. And young people are. They don't like just being spoken at and and spoken to. And one of them said, said, well, what what are you looking for? He said, we want to see God in action. We want to see the miracles and, and the healings, but we don't see them. So I've challenged a couple of them, and um, I was with one this week, and I said to him, well, listen, on Sunday morning, if you're lying in bed all morning, it's unlikely you're going to see God move in, in power, okay? That's probably not the best place to be if you want to see God move. You have to go where God is moving and, and look at it. So I've challenged him. He's taken up my challenge. He's going to travel with, with um, somebody soon and go and watch them minister in the church. And I've given him a few things to watch for and tick off as, as he's there. Young people want to be challenged. They want to be stimulated. They want to be encouraged. The disciples were all young people. Most of them were in their late teens, early 20s at best. And they saw in Jesus, wow, this is different from what they're teaching us. 
is different from what the church was doing and saying, the temple. They called them hypocrites. Jesus called them white sepulchres. What they said and what they did were two different things. The church is not a talking shop. It's a place where we meet with God and we listen to his Holy Spirit and it changes the way that we live and do things. And I want to encourage you here this morning, <laughs> any way I can, to become a people of power. You are not meant to be pew fillers. There's no difference between you and me. I've got to put the rubbish out on a Monday night like everybody else. We are no different. We're all called to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 says, keep on being filled because we leak. We're human. We have battles. We have struggles. Well, we're called to be a people of power. The gifts of the Spirit are simply God empowering you to do what he's called us all to do. And each of you will have different giftings. If you don't know what your giftings are, ask your friends. They'll tell you. They see in you things which you don't see yourself or you doubt in yourself. Peter says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. He has called you to make a difference. The worship team, can we say, what we're going to do, we're going to worship for a few minutes, and then I'd love just to see what God is saying to you. So as you worship, say, Lord, speak to me. Give me a word. It might be a prophecy. It could be a word of knowledge. It could be a scripture he gives you. It could be a vision. I want to create space to see what's, what comes. All right? This is where it gets a bit edgy. This is where it gets a bit dangerous. But let's see. God loves speaking to his people. He's a great conversationalist. We're not very good at listening, as I've discovered so many times. But I believe God wants to speak to each one of us. So let's worship. And as you're worshiping, listen to God's spirit in you. And if it gives you something, I'll ask you to share it afterwards, okay? Thank you, Bryony.